Hello, I'm Taj, digitally known as Tropic Vibes, the host of Nifty Business, where we highlight NFTs and explore Web 3.0 as we move from pure speculation to creating real-world value. Have you ever heard the saying that if something seems too good to be true, it most likely is? Well, that is one of the reasons why I don't stake for the most part. I don't really invest into any of these high interest yield crypto systems or anything of that nature. And the reason being is if I can understand how the math works out, the simple fact that I know they're going to make their money in interest, loaning it out and all that. And if I can't see a sustainable business model, I would rather stay away from it. Although everyone will say that I'm leaving money on the table. Well, have you been paying attention with recently what happened with Voyager Digital and Celsius Network? Well, a lot of what they were offering, these high interest yield rates, all has come crashing down and now things are starting to get sorted out and we're starting to understand what exactly went wrong and how all of that affected all the different people. And that's what we're going to dive into today. This is a little bit more on the finance side of things, but it is still a part of Web3 because these are major crypto companies that really affects the market altogether. So if you've watched any YouTube videos about the crypto space or anything of that nature, most likely you've seen different ads about Voyager Digital and Celsius. They give insane yields and sometimes 60, 70%, depending on what it is, returns just absolutely crazy. And it lured a lot of people into it. And Voyager in particular is a publicly traded company, which gave a lot of people a lot of confidence to understand that, okay, well, a publicly traded company has to reveal all of this stuff, has to show their books, has to comply with the SEC and do all of these things above board. Therefore, these high yields that they're being offering has to be somehow sustainable and a sound business model. Well, unfortunately, that was not the case. And a lot of people have ran into a lot of trouble because all the funds on those two networks are frozen up right now. So to understand how all of this happened is to really understand how these yields are being produced. And generally speaking, when I heard that some of these platforms were offering 50, 60, even higher percent on return, I was thinking to myself, like, wow, this is absolutely ridiculous. Why would someone not take out a home equity loan for hundreds of thousands of dollars and just put that cash into one of these platforms and have that yield return and basically pay off their mortgage if this was sustainable? Obviously, I would never put myself into that situation, but I was saying to my friends and all the people that were saying, well, this is definitely the best thing to do. You have to understand that this is how Web3 works. This is the new model of things. We're cutting out all the middlemen of the old infrastructure, the architecture of the banks and all of that. And this is why it works. And no matter how much people try to explain this to me, I just could not get it. I was watching multiple YouTube videos trying to really get to the numbers and see how this is a sustainable business model. And countless influencers that I could possibly think of, they have their promotion codes, they're watching their videos. And these are people that I love watching. I enjoy their content. They give some sound advice, very sound, rational way of thinking and approaching all of this stuff. However, even they were doing promotional codes with Voyager Digital and all these things. And I said, you know what? I just still cannot see how this works. And don't get me wrong, while all of this is going and these 60% returns and everything are coming in, I was like, man, I'm really leaving a lot of money on the table. But again, I just did not feel comfortable doing it. 
And now we all hear that it is all coming crashing down. Both Voyager Digital and the Celsius Network are in bankruptcy hearings. So to understand how they're able to give these ridiculous payouts anyways, you have to understand exactly what they're doing. And just as my analogy or my example I said of taking out a home equity loan and just putting everything up there and taking these high returns and then being able to pay off that stuff. Well, that's basically what these two companies are doing on a much larger scale. So we're not talking about a couple hundred thousand dollars from a home equity loan, but what they were doing is they were taking out these massive loans based on the revenue that they're producing because these are centralized platforms with clients that were depositing their funds and they were getting crypto and buying it and storing it on these centralized exchanges or centralized platforms, if you will. And then they were turning around and they were loaning this out at a higher rate and rep- and paying back the holders a considerable return. So then they were taking the balance sheet, if you will, of saying, well, this is all the revenue that we're taking in. This is our depository. This is our assets. This is the revenue that we're taking based on what we're loaning it out. Well, then they were going to other banks and they were taking low interest rates because as we saw before all these rate hikes that we've been recently seeing, we're seeing historically low rates and they were using all of that money on the balance sheet and their expected returns to take out large low interest loans. Now, this might sound a lot boring, sort of like financy, just really geeky for a lot of people, but just think of it this way. If they're getting a one or a 2% loan or even a 5% loan, 10% loan, and they can turn around and get 15, 20, 30%, In essence, their motivation is to borrow as much money as they possibly can in order to get that spread because they're borrowing money for much cheaper than the return that they're getting loaning it out. Therefore, just keep doing that. So continuously and using that analogy that or that example that I use with the house, that would be like someone saying, "Okay, well, I can take two hundred thousand dollars out of my home equity loan and I could then take that and buy whatever cryptocurrency it is stake it in this for a particular return, and let's say I'm getting that 60%. Well, now I'm going to go to a different bank and say, these are the assets that I have tied up over here on this particular platform, and it's going to get me a 60% return and getting another loan from another bank based on that fact, and then they take that loan, and then they what do they do? They stake it back into this thing, getting more interest, and repeat the process over and over and over. Well, the thing is, as soon as that interest stops coming in, that revenue stops coming in, all of those cards, all of those dominoes, if you will, one by one, all fall down. And what ended up happening with this, this whole thing was a lot of these loans and assets and everything were tied up in that whole Lunaterra debacle, everything that happened that we saw basically crashed the market a few months back. Well, they were getting a lot of returns from tying up funds in Lunaterra. And not just that, a lot of the companies that they were doing business with, both the lenders and the borrowers were also tied up in Luna. And generally speaking, everything would have kept going well as long as the value of those assets kept going up. However, as we saw, starting in November, everything started to go down and then they started to get into trouble. And then when Luna crashed, it really just derailed everything and these companies were set out for doom. But seeing that Voyager is a publicly traded company, you can actually see the stock data right on the market. And their symbol is VYGVQ. And the company's official name is Voyager Digital Limited. And the peak price of $20.35 was on November 9th, 2021. And that's really around the time when Bitcoin and everything hit that all-time high. 
And then slowly, you could see that it started to regress and all the way down until now, it is all the way down at 16 cents. So how did this happen to a publicly traded company? How did we get here? Well, ultimately, it all comes down to greed. If people simply looked at these numbers and said, you know what? This does not make any sense whatsoever, that this just really is unsustainable. I don't see how a company can possibly pay out 60% and stay in business. Well, a lot of people were saying that, okay, this is just the introductory, the promotional rate to get people using the platform. And of course, they'll lower it over time and all will be well. But seeing that they were using such risky lending and borrowing practices, really, it just all came crashing down before they could even balance it out. Yes, they were in the growth mode, so they were able to get lots of funding and what have you at very low interest rates. And they were just basically borrowing and investing into a riskier asset to get higher returns. And once the value started to come down, everything came crashing down. But just the same risk that they took, that's what individuals also take. People that tied up their funds into this stuff now, they can't even access it. Everything is locked up. And the way it actually is set up, all those holders, the individual investors that park their money there, they're the last ones to be paid. Reason being, the way these loans and contracts and everything are set up, there are different levels of priority. And the way this is actually set up for the most part is these DeFi liquidity pools, meaning that these DeFi systems that have no person and it is all a computer, well, they are going to sell off and they're going to get their assets back because remember, this is a computer. This is not a person. There is no rubbing elbows or schmoozing or taking them out to the golf course or anything of that nature. They're just going to operate based on an algorithm and everything that was programmed into the smart contract. So in order to get those funds back so that they don't lose everything, both Voyager and Celsius and all of these companies that are taking out loans from these things are going to have to give them back their money first so that there is no call or a margin call to drag back that money if they miss their payments. So in essence, what I'm trying to say is that might sound a little complicated, but when you take out a loan from a local bank, and you start to run into some problems with financing, you can always go down there, get that banker a cup of coffee and really schmooze them over. But you cannot do that with a computer. You cannot do that with a DeFi protocol. And that is a lot of the places where their money was tied up and how they were trying to get all these extra funds and squeezing it and loaning it out and doing all this crazy stuff that they were doing. So because they don't want to have that whole thing just come crumbling down even more and then have even less cash to work with, the first person or the first that they're going to have to pay back to are these DeFi protocols. And then after that, they work their way down the list. All the other people that might have preferred loans, special contracts, and anything of that nature. And then unfortunately, in this case, the last person that's going to get paid is the individual investor, the individual holder. Now, in the case of Voyager, it seems like FTX, that major exchange, is going to be buying up their assets. And right now, it seems like they're trying to strike some kind of deal while Voyager is in this whole bankruptcy hearing and everything. Once these companies enter into bankruptcy, all the funds are locked up and it's not like anyone could just uh, withdraw it and then go put it on another exchange or put it in their wallet or anything of that nature. Nope. Everything is locked down because at that point, now the court is going to have to decide, well, who's going to get paid back and so forth. And obviously, like I just said, the DeFi people, they're going to start that out even before that, because no matter what the judge says or the court says or anything of that nature, the computer is going to execute that margin call and get back the money and uh, get, you know, really do damage. So before all of that is even done, the individuals are going to have to pay back those loans and what have you and get the money back to the DeFi protocols and what have you. 
So once FDX purchased Voyager Digital and their assets and what have you, they're going to bring over a lot of those users into FTX, which is a large exchange. And where now what they're actually doing, they're offering a percentage. I don't know exactly the exact numbers, hasn't been released, how much of those assets these new FTX users coming over from Voyager will have access to. So they're not going to lose everything. However, the majority of the funds is still tied up. And it's pretty crazy and it's unfortunate everything that's going on right now, but ultimately it comes down to greed. If something just seems too good to be true, the interest rates, whatever it might be, the returns, Anything that's being promised is just absolutely ridiculous. Well, most likely it is. And the only way to keep your funds straight, the only way to really secure your crypto is to have it in your own wallet with your own keys. They say if it's not your keys, it is not your crypto. And in the case of these huge platforms, whether they're publicly traded or not, it doesn't matter. They were locked up on these centralized platforms where they had all the keys, the access to the crypto and everything. So when they get into their financial woes and everything gets locked down, guess what? All of those people are affected and there's nothing they can say, nothing they can do. And I was watching some videos, some very high influential YouTubers and what have you sent emails and calls and what have you. And even them, they're not getting any preferential treatment. They're not getting their funds back because it is just locked down. There's nothing they could do. And for the most part, even one of them received an email that said, can't comment. That's it. No information, no nothing. That's all. Just can't comment. <laughs> and that is just horrible. But I'd love to know, you know, everything that's going on right now. And I think of it would just be so much better if you could stake directly in your wallet and receive whatever sort of interest or returns or anything that would be coming from whatever platform it is. So I would love to know if there's any coins out there, tokens out there that you know of that the staking is just automatic in the individual's wallet. You don't have to put it onto a platform. You don't have to get it onto a centralized exchange or anything of that nature. But do any of these projects offer direct staking within a wallet? I would love to hear about it please feel free to reach out to me at Tropic Vibes on Twitter. But as usual, I just want to thank you for taking time to listen to this as we're learning and building Web3 together. So until next time, later. The Nifty Business Show is not investment advice. It provides insights and information within the space. As with anything, please do your own research before making a decision whether you're making an investment or a purchase.